Welcome to Satisfied, where our aim is to behold the glory of God. I'm Nick Jackson, pastor of Timberline Baptist Church in Lacey, Washington. This is Bobby Gaither, pastor of Hope Fellowship in Hillsboro, Oregon. In this week's episode, we want to tackle the question, what is the gospel? And part of why we chose this topic of conversation is many people, even pastors, have trouble articulating the gospel. So with that, the first thing we want to do is define the gospel. So Nick, you're up. How do you define the gospel? You know, just to jump back just on what you just said, like you, you just said, there's a, there's a problem in the church. And there's a lot of people who gather with the church every week who, who cannot articulate the gospel. Like, it's hard to even have a category for that. Like, why, how is that, how does that even happen? Like, we're to be a place, churches are to be a place where the gospel is being proclaimed, professed, uh, encouraged. It's to be the very air that we breathe, and yet somehow we're, we're still struggling on helping to equip people to articulate it. And so I think, I think one good reason or one good thing that we're doing here is, is tackling this is, is we want to make sure we're clear. Because we want to make sure we are doing yeah. a, a job, the job, on helping equip people with knowing the gospel yeah. and able to articulate it and to profess it. Well, and I think I think part of the issue is it is both simple and complex. Totally. In that totally. it is, it's the simple message of the gospel, and yet it is so all-encompassing. And I think people get, I know I used to get hung up there. Yeah. Like, okay, how do I explain something so big where so, a, a small, clear, concise answer that I thought I had at the time wasn't sufficient. So we, we want to equip people with both. Right. And yet, like, I totally agree. But my pushback is then, like, we know that as pastors. Yeah. We know it's complex and simple. Yeah. Well, therefore, we need to be presenting it and helping our people to understand that. So, yes. and, and yeah. So the question. So the question is, yeah. what is the gospel? Uh, so I guess we could say it uh, several different ways. I mean, some people would just say, well, the gospel is Jesus Christ. And while that's true, I, I don't think that's as informative as we need to go or, or as helpful. Um, so Matt Chandler actually, in a, I think it was in a book that he wrote, which I'm not even sure which book, uh, but he did, he did something that was helpful for me. Way to do your homework, by the way. Yeah, thanks. We plan these podcasts out so well. I can't, I can't believe I don't remember that book. But he said there's the gospel of the sky and there's the gospel of the ground. And he said when we talk about the gospel of the ground, we're talking about the birth the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The fact that God has sent Jesus to come to die on this cross, uh, to die on a cross as man, as God, that uh, three days later he would rise again and that whoever would believe in him would have forgiveness of sins adopted into his family and have eternal life with him. So, I mean, that's, that's the... The zoomed-in picture, uh, that's the just gospel of the ground. And then gospel of the sky, kind of like Google Earth, where you can zoom out mm-hmm. and you can see continents, you can see you know vast regions very easily. What he did there, and I found it helpful, was explain how the gospel flows from Genesis to Revelation. Yeah. You know, when we come to Genesis, we, we see that there's a God. 
And it's not like yeah. if there's a God, there's no real case to be made for God, but there's a God and he speaks and what he speaks happens. Yeah. And so he creates. So we have creation and he creates um, all that we see. He creates man and woman in his image that we would then go forth and, and multiply and fill this earth with image bearers of him that would worship him and live for him. And that's great. That's Genesis 1 and 2. And then we come to Genesis 3 where we have the fall where, where the serpent comes into the garden and we see that man and woman, they sin. And because of that, all of humanity uh, becomes sinful and we're born in sin. We're under the curse of sin. And what's amazing is that that moment, God does not just you know throw the world away and start over, but he has a redemption plan. In fact, when we're in parts of the New Testament, we read about that New Test that redemption plan that He knew of and planned before creation ever started. Yeah. Uh, but but to kind of go back, so you have creation, you have fall, and then you have redemption. And after the fall, God is moving His people towards the birth, life, death, and resurrection of His Son. That is the climax of all history. So that from there, from from salvation, from redemption. We would then have the hope of one day all the promises of God, that consummation being experienced by God's people in the new heavens and new earth. And so gospel of the sky is a way to go, okay, in Genesis, we see a few people who are made in God's image, made to worship him. And then there's a problem. And then it's through Jesus Christ, we get to Revelation, where at the end of the book, we see that there is a people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every language, and they're gathered around the throne in a new heavens and new earth with God's name written on their foreheads, yeah. meaning they are hit, we, we belong to him, we are filled with his joy, yeah. and, and we live with him forever. And so it ends with now a, a vast people of very different ethnicities, mm-hmm. races, all of that, yeah. Centered around the throne, worshiping God. Yeah. So that I mean, that's that's the gospel. It goes, creation, fall, yeah. redemption, restoration, or some might call it consummation. Yeah. Well, and everything in the Bible fits within the context of the goal of the gospel. Yeah. So, so God's God's purpose, which you see in His covenants to dwell with man, is accomplished through. The gospel of Jesus Christ. There is no yeah. other means by which God can dwell with man. And if you right. if you look at, at the the sky view of the gospel, as you're saying, like in the beginning was creation where God walked with Adam and Eve, and so you see the intended purpose for creation as he, God created everything, and it was good, and it was very good. Um, but the gospel is actually not only restoration to to the garden. But it's actually, um, I think the French word is nouveau, which is 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 new but better than new. Yeah, it's and that's a good point. We're not going back to the garden. Like this isn't a reset. Like when no. we get to Jesus, no, uh, we're going to something that is much much greater than yes. we ever see in the garden. The garden becomes, in a sense, a shadow, looking forward to a much greater reality where now we are. We are God's people who have been sealed by the Spirit. Um, In 1 John 3, we read that when Christ returns, we will see him and we will be made like him. And so now we are perfectly made in his image. His Spirit is upon us that never again will we fall back into sin because we will now have hearts that are fully devoted to Jesus Christ. Yeah, And so, yeah, it's... 
I mean, the gospel is amazing. It's it's in every page of the gospel uh, of the Bible. It, yeah, yeah, and and I think there's a point in which, and we'll talk about this at some point, uh, a man-centered gospel and a God-centered gospel, because I think there are different variations of the gospel that are preached in churches, and I think this might be one of the reasons why our people, the church as a whole, especially in Western culture, are so gospel illiterate. They're Bible illiterate and gospel Why don't you illiterate. take a moment, just for, for everyone's sake, Okay. and just what do you, what, what do you mean man-centered gospel? Like, like, what would that look like versus a God-centered gospel? So maybe we start, what's a God-centered gospel? What, okay. what does that look like? A, a God-centered gospel points to that which is most glorious, that which is most beautiful, that which is most praiseworthy, um, and makes God the centerpiece and the display of his glory, the centerpiece of the gospel. So I think in... I think in 1 Peter 3, I think it's 3.18, it talks about how Christ has saved us to bring us to God. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the point. It wasn't, we've been saved just so we'd have a good life, so we'd get, you know, heaven yes. and earth, and, and we'd be yes. sitting on clouds with harps and angels around us, because, frankly, that sounds boring to me, and I don't play a harp. <laughs> but, but the point was, he saves us for a relationship, and that relationship is with God, the very triune God, that we would be with him, in him, he in us, and that is the climax, that is the consummation of the gospel, is that we would be with God forever. And when we're with him, going back to our podcast title, we experience, man, that the satisfaction. Christ alone is who satisfies us, and the gospel is what satisfies us and brings us into that eternal, lasting relationship with God. Well, and, and, and I think, to, to put it even more clearly, because I think we can still, in our, in our minds, even, even when hearing that first Peter verse, make the gospel primarily about us. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think of uh, Ephesians 1, 6, uh, and, and Paul wrote this I mean, all over the place. It says, to the praise of his glorious grace, to the praise of his glorious grace, to the praise of his glorious grace. We are saved to praise and to the praise of the glory of God. The reason why we're saved, the primary purpose and outcome is that the beauty, the glory, the the I don't know how else to say it, uh, of, of his character is displayed. And... Um, what we see, and I think, you know, you and I, we've read John Piper. Uh, he's been extremely uh, formative for so many people, and he's been helpful in articulating a truth of the word is it's in God's glory that we are most satisfied. Yes. It's in his glory yes. so that we experience that joy. So when we're talking about, I mean, we are saved for his glory. We're saved to display his glory. We're saved for his proclamation. That's not... That's not some bland role. Yeah. That's not like we're slaves just circled around going, man, we really don't want to do this. But that is our joy. Yes, our hearts have been changed to where we see the glory of God and we yes. revel in it. And that becomes, that is what satisfies us. Definitely. That, that is what fills us and, and quenches our soul thirst. So the difference between a God-centered gospel and a man-centered gospel a God-centered gospel sees the glory of God as the ultimate 
reason for Jesus coming to die on the cross to save us. Yeah. The so ultimate then the, reason. Then the opposite of that would be the man-centered, which would say it's not God is the ultimate reason, but because I'm so worthy. Ah, yeah. Because God loved me so much, which is true. God so loved the world, he gave his only son. But a man-centered version of the gospel puts man at the center of God's own affections and God's reason for saving us, whereas a God-centered view of the gospel puts God's glory at the center of the reason for saving us, which is much more worthy of his action. And, and, you know, we were actually talking last night, I think it was a little bit, where where a lot of the songs we sing sometimes become man-centered, oh, which, man which muddles, which, which muddies up the water, yeah. Yeah. which we're coming back and saying, why is it that Christians are having a hard time articulating the gospel? Well, sometimes they're hearing so many different messages on a Sunday morning, yeah. and we do need to point out, uh, that the gospel saves individuals, that there is great joy yeah. in that, and yet it's not our joy as the highest of all pleasures that God is after. It's his glory, which when our joy is found in that, we will be most satisfied. But if we start yeah. with our joy, then we're saying that God is is working for us, and God's yeah. goal is to make us happy. God's goal <clears throat> is then to... Provide me with whatever materials I need. And then you have a real hard time figuring out suffering, figuring out how do you have a God who rules? And then we look at this world and we look at the pains, the trials that are taking place and say, well, that doesn't look like God is working for my good at this moment. Yeah. Well, with going back to just what is the gospel, right? And, And how do we articulate it? It these views of what the gospel is are articulated in nuance. Yeah. That's, and, and that's what makes it difficult, um, I think, to uh, discern. Is this, what, am I, what kind of gospel am I hearing? Am I hearing a gospel that preaches, it's still good news. It's good news that you and I are saved. It's good news that we're saved from hell. It's good news that the consequence of my sin was laid upon Jesus, who, yeah. who bore the wrath of God. It was poured out on him for me. That is wonderful news. I get, I get a get-out-of-hell-free card. Right, which is, I mean, and I'm being a little sarcastic at, at this point, um, but it's true. But it's true. <clears throat> I, like in every form of sarcasm, there is that truth. Yeah. Like, right? Like, so, there's so many people that the reason they want heaven is so they don't go to hell. It's not about God. Yep. It's not about glory. It's yes. not about Jesus. I don't want to go to hell. Or, you know, well, so, I just I want to see my relatives. So here's a tell. Yeah, exactly. Here's a telltale sign of whether or not you believe a man-centered view of God, or you have a man-centered view of the gospel, or a God-centered view of the gospel. Could you be in heaven where Jesus wasn't present? That's a good question to think through. Is, is like your, when we think of heaven, is it the presence of God? that most thrills us, that excites us, that fills us with joy? Yeah. Or is it simply a better life? And, and, and again, I don't want to minimize the fact that, man, everything's going to yeah. be good in heaven, yeah. too. There's, there's great joy. That's still uh, accomplished. But that's a, 
that's a consequence. That's yes. a result yes. of being in the presence of God. Yes. And, and honestly, even as you, a heaven without God, I'm just trying to think, a heaven or, or a, a, a space yeah. where, where we're not experiencing God's blessing, we're not experiencing his glory, his presence. Where we're not experiencing his, well, the blessings of his presence, mm-hmm. what would we experience then? Eternal golf. Eternal, well, I, I'm thinking judgment. Yes, you're right. Like if, if we, if we, because hell, there's, okay, this, just, this is like a side note here. <laughs> like so many people think like God's not in hell. Like hell is, yeah. is you know, the absence of God. Hell is not the absence of God. Hell has the full presence of yeah. God there, but it is his full wrath his being, being yes. displayed there. Yeah. So God, you, if you have an omnipresent God, a God who is everywhere, you can't create a space like hell yeah. where God is not there. Yeah. So that becomes you know, a difficulty for those who want to hold that. And, and then if he's not there, he's not omniscient there either. So it... You, he really creates a whole earth that he's not the God of, in a sense. Yeah. And so that, that's just not even a probability with God. It's not even a likelihood. It's not a possibility. Uh, so hell is the presence of God, but his full wrath is being displayed. Yeah. And so when you talk about, could you be happy in a heaven where there's no Jesus? But if, if all blessings come through Jesus... Yeah. Well, that place That sounds like a scary place. That place doesn't exist. No, that's, very much. That's yeah. part of that's part of it. Is that place yeah. really doesn't exist? But in in many in many uh, uh, people who profess Christ, in their mind, heaven is a place where I'm just I'm free from suffering and I can do all the good things that I get to do that I enjoy. Yeah. But if you're doing those things, like golfing, like ultimate golfing, frisbee, or, or, all that good, and we all hit hole in ones. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know. Like. I've played a lot of golf. I have never hit a hole in one. <laughs> and then you know what? You know what makes me mad is these people who like pick up golf and play for like three months or a year, and then they go, "Hey, man, guess what? I just hit a hole in one." I, I don't like those people. <laughs> <laughs> like to say that as loving as I can, like that's terrible. <laughs> I yes. I don't know how to recover from hole-in-ones. Okay, but let's back come to back. The gospel. All right, so we want to make sure we articulate the gospel. Yeah. And it's important that we can understand the gospel is Jesus Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection, uh, so that we who believe in him could be forgiven and have true life in Jesus, uh, where God would be glorified. Uh, to look at a bigger picture, we can also go from Genesis to Revelation and see how God is in control of all of history, weaving all things for the purpose of seeing his son Jesus Christ come, that we would believe in him, that we would trust in him, and that one day when Christ returns, we would all be brought with him into a new heavens and new earth uh, where God will be glorified and we will be fully satisfied for all of eternity. Um, But let's bring that back to also just every day. Why is it so important Mm -hmm. that we are able to articulate, that Christians can articulate the gospel on an everyday basis? Why is it that that we need to make sure that the people who are coming to our church, or you you have kids, I have kids, that as we raise our kids, that they can actually articulate the gospel? Why is that so important? Well, I think for one, I mean, we're commanded 
to be ready to give a reason for the hope that's good yeah. that is in us. And and for one, there needs to be a hope that's in us. And if we're not meditating on thinking on yeah. uh, 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 stewing in the gospel, there's not going to be any hope in us. Yeah. I, that that's not what's going to be driving. Um, uh, how we live and what we do, and I'm, I mean, this is Second Timothy four two, um, and and Paul is commending Timothy, saying, "Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching." I mean, we're we're that's what we're supposed to be as pastors, but that's also we our church, our churches, those who profess Christ, they are to be a kingdom of priests. So they, they themselves are supposed to be the people who who represent God to the world. Right. right. And, and, and so they're supposed to be able to articulate the gospel. And, and we can, we should be able to, and this is part of what we need to do as pastors, and, and I think in large part, if you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, man, I don't know how to articulate the gospel. I mean, yes, I, Jesus died for me for my sins, and I know I'm going to heaven, but there's so much more there. Some of this probably falls on us as pastors or whoever your pastor was or is. It's, it's our job to be equipping them. Um, and, and, and what I've learned, what I've learned is that we can enter the gospel. We can have a gospel conversation uh, on any theme from creation, fall, redemption, um, uh, Salvation, you know, restoration, glorification, anything there. Like, okay, so where do you go when you die? I mean, that's 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 glorification. That's heaven. Um, now, why why do bad things happen? So knowing why the is gospel, there evil? Knowing the gospel helps us to uh, to know how to engage unbelievers. Oh, absolutely. It helps us to to engage in this world. Yeah. To understand why is the world the way it is today, and I mean that. That actually is an amazing truth right there. Like when we understand the gospel and, and the big picture of the gospel. Yes. You know, the fact that there's creation and fall. Why is there hurricanes? Why are there yeah. tsunamis? Why are there these creation things that take place, these natural disasters that cause so much pain? How, how can a God do, be in charge of yes. that? Or, or when we come to people who yeah. do great acts of violence. Yes. Murder like, how do we even begin to define that? Well, apart from a gospel, where's your starting point? Yeah. You know, if you're in the world, you're just trying to choose something to make sense. But when we understand the word of God, he tells us it's, it's because of sin. Sin yeah. has come into the world and desired to pervert all that God had created it to be. Let's play this out a little bit, because I think, you know, conceptually it's easy to say, oh, yeah, I can see where this fits. But how does this actually happen in a conversation? Because if, oh. if, if, I'm, if I'm meeting someone well, and... I'll tell you, I had an example with my neighbor uh, three weeks ago. Uh, there was a... a Actually, it was a little bit earlier than that. It was right before school got out. So it was in, it was in the spring or it was in, just before summer started. And there was a, there was a fourth grader that committed suicide at an yeah. elementary school. Yeah. And it was the school that my neighbor's kid used to go to. Yeah. And so we're talking about it. And he goes, I just don't understand how a fourth grader could do that. Yeah. I mean, that... He's asking for the gospel right then. Yeah. He's asking, what is, what is some type of reason that gives explanation yeah. for this event? How can someone be so sad, so in much, so, so much pain as a 
fourth grader. Yeah. And I mean, that breaks my heart. I, that's hard for me to even understand. Uh, I mean, fourth graders should be concerned with Legos. Fourth graders yeah. should be concerned with, Pokemon. man, am I going to the park today? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, 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 what are we eating for dinner? Can I watch, you know, pets or whatever, it is, whatever movie it is? But for him to be so depressed, for him to be so much pain, yeah. that he's willing to take his life in fourth grade? Well, what explains that? Well, yeah. there's sin in this world that desires to consume us, yeah. desires to, to isolate us, um, and to show that there is no hope. And when we can begin helping people see the gospel yeah. in that, that the gospel doesn't hide from pain, it doesn't hide from suffering, but it gives meaning to it, it explains it, and then helps us to see where hope is. Yeah. Oh man, knowing the gospel is everything at that moment. Tim Keller really helped me learn how to uh, engage people who have different worldviews uh, or different understandings yeah. and then pull them in and show them the gospel in a way that, uh, for example, I... Uh, I've had similar situations where I've had conversations about brokenness. Yeah. Like, how in the world could, could this person get caught up in sex trafficking? And, and I have to go to both of us recognize that the world is broken. Yeah. Like, there, there is just something wrong with that. You're absolutely right. I completely agree that this is broken and wrong, and it, it's not logical. In fact, sin is not logical. Uh, so That's a podcast right there. That, the, the, illogical, the illogical nature of sin, oh and yet how it tries to present itself as logical. Oh, yes. Sorry, podcast it's, other. It's it's and it is from uh, who is Satan? I mean, he is he is introduced deceiver. to us in Genesis as the deceiver. Yeah, like that is his aim is to to take something good and to twist it and to deceive you into thinking that what's what's wrong is right. Yeah. Um, so so entering into a conversation with people who don't share our, our understanding of the gospel uh, or our worldview, finding a common point that we can agree on, like, okay, this is broken, this is wrong. And, and I've never met someone who disagrees with me on that. Yeah. Now, they'll disagree with maybe where we go from there, mm -hmm. that the hope is in Jesus, yep. but, but that is a great entry point. Yeah. And so uh, to make this podcast still about the gospel, the gospel helps us to know how to engage with other people because it helps us to know how to shepherd towards hope, yeah. how to give light. I mean, Matthew 5, 14, we are to be light of the world mm -hmm. and being light of the world is not just our actions. Yep. And we need to know that it's not just our actions, but it's also with our words. I think that the phrase that's been coined that, that I hate so much is, you know, <laughs> uh, what, what, how does it's, it go? It's um, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary... Use words. words. That is like the most terrible thing you can say <laughs> to Christians. The gospel is all about yeah. words. It's all about the articulation of who Jesus is. You can be a really great person, but your, your actions will never help them know so, Jesus. So we have to do both. Yeah. So I know someone's going to misunderstand us and say, so wait, actions don't matter? No, actions matter, but words must go with them. Well, and we need to understand who it was that said, said that. That's St. Francis of Assisi. Yeah. Um, he wasn't Assisi. He was <laughs> of Assisi, the place. He, <laughs> he was a preacher. Yeah. They, you need to understand that, that the, the monastery he came from was a preaching monastery. 
And so his, his words, what he was speaking to, what he was saying was, we are preachers of the gospel, but we're preaching the gospel also in what we do. Yeah. And what we do needs to be consistent with what we say. Because if what we do and what we say are inconsistent, people are going to look at what we do. And, and so, so his, his words, which are now bent, and, and I think Christians use, yeah. to, to not present the and gospel. That's, that's and that's just a thing behind. that we do a lot as Christians. We, we take something, and there's a level of truth to it or, yeah. or whatever, and we pervert that context, yeah. and now it loses all that original meaning. Because even as you say that, you're like, well, man, I can agree with it when it's said like that. Yeah. But when it's said now as if I never have to preach. Well, and what happens now is in our context of wanting to be comfortable, we don't want to we don't want to share the gospel with people in order to, and make relationships uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean that and that's just that's part of our fleshly our just just our sinfulness still. Yeah. You know, is 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 our love of man uh, wanting wanting to be loved and accepted by man. Um, and, and I think that's part of, um, well, it's part of our culture too. So we need to know the gospel in order to engage unbelievers and either, and that goes the same, not just with unbelievers, but also believers, because yeah. as believers, yeah. we still struggle with sin. We still struggle yeah. with fears of man. We still struggle yeah. with understanding how can evil things happen yeah. and, and how can God be in control of that? And so I need someone to come to me. Yes. And regularly say and comfort me with the truth of the gospel mm-hmm. be, because I can easily at times become sidetracked. It's it's kind of like the old illustration. If a ship leaves New York and it's going to you know, Spain and if it starts three degrees off course, by the time it, it moves across the Atlantic, it's going to be a thousand miles yeah. away. Yeah. And sometimes we just start moving a little bit away from the gospel, yeah. even as Christians, in our understanding and the way we see things. If that progresses, we get farther away. I need someone to bring me back. Course yeah. correction. Milton Vincent has a book called The Gospel Primer. Yes. And I would just highly commend. We, we are going through it um, in our table group. And, and we'll, we'll make that link available yeah. On this podcast, somehow. Yes. We'll do that. Somehow, some way. Um, but what he, his whole premise is we have to preach the gospel to ourselves every day. In fact, yeah. John Piper says, I have to get saved every day. Now, we know that's not what it means. But what he's saying is I have to preach the gospel yeah. to myself every day. I need to be reminded. And as brothers and sisters in Christ, I think... Uh, what, what I want from you and what I want from my church body, what I want from my elders and my leaders in the church and, and uh, everyone around me who is a believer, I want them to encourage me in yeah. the gospel. But here's the thing is it takes a humility to accept it. Yeah. And there's a gospel humility where you really understand your own brokenness of how desperately in need you are. Um, and that only comes as, we, as we're in the word each day. Comes as you know, earlier you said we're a kingdom of priests. Yeah. Well, that means <clears throat> we need to be proclaiming the gospel. Yeah. That's part of that function. You know, what is it First Peter 2, mm-hmm. is it 10, 12? Uh, sounds about right. Somewhere right in there where we are to proclaim mm-hmm. as a kingdom of priests, yeah. as a chosen people, the very excellencies of God. That's not just you. That's not just me. That's not just <clears throat> pastors and elders. But our goal is to be a people who proclaim the very glory, the excellencies of Christ. And so we need to be able to do that with one another. And, and this is supposed to be our job as a church, 
yeah. not just yours and my job not as pastors. Not one member, but every member. Every member of the body. So Second Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. And here's the purpose statement. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Yeah. So you're saved. You and I are saved to proclaim the glory. Again, this is a God-centered gospel. It's a whole we purpose are saved of it. to proclaim and to view and to see his glory. And Which, so, so it's helpful. Well, helpful. It's necessary in engaging unbelievers. It's necessary for the encouragement of believers yeah. and we're in a series right now at our church um, on the church. And so a couple of weeks ago, we preached on church membership. It's necessary for membership. When we bring someone in, we bring people into membership based upon their profession of faith. Mm-hmm. Because we look at membership as a means of affirming one's salvation. Yes. When we bring someone into membership, we are what we believe because of Matthew 16 and Matthew 18. Mm-hmm. We are echoing the very declaration that has already been done in heaven. Yep. This person is saved, and now upon hearing their profession, we also affirm that. But how can I do that if they can't profess the gospel? Yes. And yeah. so in order for church membership we need to be able yeah. to, per, to articulate. So that means you and I yeah. uh, largely have a responsibility for making sure it's preached clearly and it's also taught clearly in other avenues. And how are we helping our people to yeah. know that? Yeah. Well, and, and just, before, just before that, I mean, there's so yeah. many implications of the gospel. Uh, but as we, as we wrap up, why is it that we need to be immersed in the gospel? Why is it that um, and we need to be able to articulate the gospel? And, and I think we, I think I, said, I think I said it earlier, we're evangelists for everything that we love. If we love the gospel. I think that was the first time you said it. Okay. If we, if, if we are evangelists for that which we love, we need to cultivate hearts that love the glory of the gospel of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Because if we love the gospel, if we're being transformed by it, then we are going to be evangelists for it. It, It's like a thirsty person. You and I are are just thirsty men who have found the well that gives life. And we find that in Jesus. And and the reason why we go there, and and I'm just to recap, to take us back to why we're even calling the podcast Satisfied. We're satisfied. Like, I, I, I would not want to be an evangelist for anything else if there was anything else that satisfied me more, if there was anything else that brought me greater joy, if there was anything else that filled my soul more than Jesus does, and that's what I would proclaim. Yeah, you're right. We, we proclaim what we love most. And and to clarify a little bit, when we're saying that this is what we must do, this is what we ought to do, it, it's what we want to do. Yes. It's who we've been created to be. And so we do have commands in Scripture commanding us and urging us and moving us forward because there is sin, because there are things that we still struggle with as Christians, but yet the Spirit is in us. His, his spirit is moving us towards articulating the gospel, to proclaiming it to others, to proclaiming it to ourselves. Um, 
So this is the very thing we, we want to do. And we do it because it's what has saved us. It's what gives us life. It's what fills us with joy. Yeah. Um, there is no greater truth than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I heard Piper say, and I, w- I would echo, and I think you would too, if there was anything else that could give us yeah. deeper, longer, more satisfying joy than Jesus, then I would cease to be a Christian, and I would go do that. And that, I think that's a good one just to end on. Like, just to let that yeah. sit there. Like, the reason we proclaim the gospel is because truly there is no greater joy. But if there was, if there was, we would not be Christians. No. But we are so convinced that it is the truth of Jesus Christ, yeah. and that he is the one who satisfies us. That's why we proclaim the gospel. That's why we want you who are listening to be able to proclaim yeah. the gospel. Yeah. Man, this is good. Uh, how about you? You want to close this up in prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Lord Jesus, it is our desire that your gospel be magnified. The gospel of the glory of your grace, Lord, be magnified in our hearts and our minds and our soul. Um, Lord, in our church, uh, in Timberline, uh, at Hope, uh, Lord, and, and in your church at large, uh, uh, both in uh, the Northwest, uh, the United States, the world. So, Lord, we rejoice that your word doesn't return void, uh, that... that um, and by your spirit, your word works in the hearts of people. And so, Lord, we ask today this, that you would take and use uh, what Nick and I have talked about. Um, that you would give us words, that you give our people words, that, that we'd be able to articulate clearly the gospel. And, and that we would do that in response to, in light of, Lord, how much we love you that we would be an evangelist for, for that which we love, and that you would be at the center, Lord, that, that our gospel, the one that we cling to, the one that we hold to, Lord, is a God-centered gospel because only you satisfy. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Satisfied in Christ. All of our links and resources can be found at the website satisfiedinchrist.life.